This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. We love sharing these stories with you through the Hiking Through Life podcast, and we're so grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you'd like to support the Hiking Through Life podcast further, we have these amazing new t-shirts and water bottles. The t-shirts come in four colors, and the water bottles are perfect for trails, adventuring, or daily use. Consider checking them out at hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. Use the code podcast and receive 10% off your first order. Hello, welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. It's uh, Thursday, October 10th, and today is actually World Mental Health Day. And kind of, you know, in honor of that, I just want everybody to think about their own mental well-being and think about, are you taking care of yourself? Do you have self-care? And just um, really reflect on that for a moment because before you cannot take care of anyone around you before you are taking care of your own self. So... Just kind of reflect on that for a minute. Um, earlier, I was listening to this fantastic podcast, Happier by Gretchen Rubin, and four of the things they mentioned on that podcast to be happier tomorrow were to um, set an intention for each day, move every day, be grateful every day, and learn every day. And those are definitely things that we do at Hiking Through Life. And also, I highly suggest that you listen to our episode five that we did this past summer with our friend Allison, who hikes for mental health. So check that episode out. And... Yeah, I just hope everyone is doing the best they can for their mental well-being. And with that, we are going to get into Andy's through hike. He hiked the Superior Hiking Trail. He did it over three weeks, and he's back home now. And I'm super happy about that because I was a little worried about his own mental well-being out there. But you thought I was going to go crazy. <laughs> I did. I did think you were going to go crazy. I just have read a lot about through hikers and depression after through hiking. So I was a little worried for you out there. Well, and you thought I was, you know, being on my own, um, starting in the northern part of the trail and going southbound. Um, it's, it's a little more lonely. It's not... People traditionally go northbound, and at the beginning of the trail in the northern part, if you do go southbound, um, it's it's a lot less traveled. Um, so I think some of your concern was coming from that as well about how you know um, not interacting with others um, for stretches of time may impact your mental well-being and so i think you had a healthy concern but um i kind of viewed it a little bit differently (laughs) i was actually welcoming some peace and quiet for a while yeah yeah and yeah you didn't go crazy um i do know when we did see you that day the week after you started you seemed a little out of it but we'll we'll let you talk about that um before we dive into that let's just talk about how how the through hike went generally overall did you like it do you want to keep through hiking yeah so i loved it um i can't say i loved every moment of it but (laughs) there was definitely ups and downs Um, Yeah, let's talk about, like, your first week. I think, I mean, just being on the other end of it, it seemed like that was your biggest adjustment period. Yeah, and I think that's how it would go for anybody um, for their first through hike is that initial period of adjusting to that 
I guess, more rigorous schedule um, that you may not be used to if you're only used to doing little section hikes. Um, Right, like five, six miles a day. (laughs) Right, and that's kind of how I was at first, was was I was only used to going at most a week at a time, um, five days, I should say. And over those five days, it would be taken a little more slowly and doing less miles than I had intended on this trip. Uh, So it was maybe six to eight on average that you and me would do when we would go out on a section hike. Um... And this trip, I was trying to go for 15 mile a day averages, and I just I just hadn't ever done that before. I think the the longest I had ever done in a day um, with a backpack, I think, was about 13 miles. I think we did that in Jasper. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was like a whole day event, basically. So doing 15 miles a day for three weeks is, um, it's a bit more than I, um, anticipated. I, I, I mean, I, I knew I could do it. Um, I, I was sure that I would be, I guess, physically able to do something like that. And I just... I I just wasn't anticipating the what would you call it I guess the um the wear and tear that you kind of go through doing it day in and day out for 3 weeks. So <laughs> getting back to your question though about um kind of how the first week went. The first week was very wet. I'll, I'll, leave it at that i guess i mean it rained constantly your socks so, were constantly wet it seemed like yeah my well it's because my boots were soaked <laughs> um i did i had a pair of um the merrill moab twos um and they do have they're made with gore-tex but they also have some ventilation so they're not completely waterproof but um, I don't think any boot really is completely waterproof. Um, but once they got wet, it just took forever to dry out. And the weather itself didn't allow for them to dry out either. It either rained at night and made the ground very muddy and wet, or it rained during the day and I was hiking through the rain. So um, that first week, yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, yeah, I, uh, was following like the Superior Hiking Trail Facebook group while you were out there and just kept looking at the weather and just, I mean, yeah, there was some hikers that were out for like a day on the Facebook group and they're like, this was awful. But yeah, I just kept being like, wow, I can't believe Andy is out there in this stuff day in and day out. And then, yeah, you called me that Saturday after you started your hike and you just sounded like you needed um some trail magic yeah (laughs) yeah um i guess that would be yeah i needed something because my feet were just they, they were not in very good condition at all my boots had been soaked for a week straight um my socks they were also pretty wet i had a thicker pair of merino wool socks they were not the quickest to dry out um so every day i would take my boots and socks off when i got to camp and my feet would be extremely pruney um looking back at it I now would take some advice of some other through hikers that I had read some things about and maybe put some Vaseline or um, another maybe protective layer um, on my foot to prevent them from getting so wet. Um, 
from being in the wet boots. So well, that I, the and things also you wanted me to bring that day the gold bond. Yeah, that would have helped out a little bit too. Um, that um, helped keep the feet dry a little bit. Helped kind of with the scent of the boots too, because <laughs> my boots smelled pretty bad. <laughs> um, but also, it's just one of those things where if I would have taken some of those protective measures earlier on in the hike, my feet wouldn't have gotten as bad as they got. So, yeah, getting back to kind of what happened with my boots, though. So, the boots or shoes or whatever footwear you have on, when it gets wet and retains some of that moisture, it swells up. So, really, it gets smaller on your foot. And then when you're hiking, as long as you do on a through hike, um, and you're hiking all day, your feet also swell up. So that combination made my boots too small, and it actually, the the heel of my boot started kind of digging into the back of my heel, and it really rubbed um, the skin back there raw, and it was pretty painful actually, and that's that's when I started, started calling you and said, hey, I need, I need something, I need to switch up my footwear, I need these other things like the gold bond some extra bandages some moleskin some more socks some different socks yeah so it's one of those things where yeah maybe i could have um you know found my own way to get back to either grand marais or another town um to switch out my footwear but I called you also to kind of switch out some gear too because I wanted to lighten my pack. Um, I I thought I did a pretty good job packing originally, but um, there were some extra things that I had that I didn't necessarily need. And after my feet were kind of wearing and just uh, not in the best shape, I definitely wanted to get rid of as much weight as I could so that those um, 15 miles seemed a lot easier, you know, so. Yeah, and I actually brought more food up for you and you didn't want more food weight. <laughs> I didn't want more food weight. No, I felt like the weight that I had for food was was plenty, even though kind of later on I discovered that, yeah, I was probably not eating as much as I should. Um, I, I probably should have been eating more on my through hike doing that many miles in a day, but I was able to at least when I went into towns to resupply, I would eat a bunch of food and I felt so much better the next day after that, after getting all of those calories replenished. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily we, uh, we were able to come up there and have a meal with you at the lodge and, uh, yeah, you were replenished. I was still not going to lie. After we left, I was still a little worried about your, your well-being. When I saw you that day, you were a little out of it. You seemed like you had been in the woods for a long time. Yeah. I was just, <laughs> I, it was one of those things too, where you just, when needed, everything like, is yeah. going bad, uh, like you just get in this funk and I was in a funk. I mean, I was, very I, I wanted to go home like at that point and there was a time that day when you guys were up and um I I'm very grateful for you and your mother and my mother all coming up and supporting me and um making that five hour drive to come up to Lutzen just for the day and help me out I mean that was that was great but yeah, there was a point where I was just like, is is this through hike worth it? Like, you guys are here already. Maybe I should just hop back in the car, go home, reevaluate my situation, heal up, and maybe try it again another time and use what I learned this trip to not make those, I guess, mistakes again or let these situations get worse like my feet and 
yeah, I, I wanted to go home. But you said a couple things which kind of really hit home to me that didn't allow me to go home. And, I, and I'm grateful for it. And, I mean, it sounds... I took it as, like, the tough love type of thing where you just said, well... This is the life of a thru-hiker. Yeah. Those are thru-hikers' feet. Totally. I was literally like, I've read all about this. Like, this is what every thru-hiker goes through. Like, you wanted this. Yeah. (laughs) And I did. I mean, I really did want... All while both of our moms were like, oh my gosh, your feet, are they okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, it was one of those, those moments that I needed, though. It was just one of those things where... I responded very well to and just saying like, okay, I had been thinking about, you know, the, the condition of my feet, the terrible weather situations with the rain and everything. And just saying, you know what? You're right. Like I did want this. I did originally say I was not going to give up. I was going to complete this through hike. And I'm going through what a lot of people go through. And I had I had read this just like you had. I had listened to podcasts with other through hikers just like you and everyone had a very similar situation in which they had to overcome obstacles, they had to overcome what was, you know, kind of taking them down during their hike. And that's what I was going through at the time. So I just said, you know what? You're right. I will do what I need to do to take care of my feet, but continue the hike. And so I did. And I'm glad I did. Because the weather got 10 times better. Um, The feet, my feet, they started healing up after that day and getting the new shoes I got um I got these trail runner shoes instead of boots and they I think were a huge huge improvement um for one they dried out quicker and for two they they weren't as I guess rigid and allowed my feet kind of some more flexibility in um, being able to expand when they swell up, you know, um, and just have a little bit more give to them so it wasn't creating as much um, issues like with blisters or with the rubbing on my heels and stuff like that. Yeah, Less band-aids to go through and such. So yeah, like, um, moving on from the feet, even though people can't smell the stinky feet that you had there, they really were stinky. Um, but moving on from the feet situation, let's talk about, like, the people and, like, was there any trail magic besides us and, like, did you, was there a trail culture on the Superior Hiking Trail? Yeah, it's, um... Because so, we're used to, like, the weekend be, being, like, weekend backpackers and such. Like, yeah, as a thru-hiker, what's that like? It was different. Um, I don't see... Well, there being a shorter trail for a long-distance trail, um, the Superior Hiking Trail, if you do the total thru-hike like I did, um, is 310 miles. Um, so it's, a uh, it's relatively short compared to things like the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, so there's not a, I guess, um, as big of a culture per se, as far as through hiking. There's a lot of through hikers that I think go through this trail now. It seems like it's growing each year. Yeah. Yeah. And I met a couple on my trip, but um, it's not one of those things like you get on the AT where there's this huge 
group of people kind of moving through the trail at once. Right. Like there's not like a trail family and you didn't even get a trail name. No, I, so I, I, I didn't. That. No. Even though I spent maybe half the time with um, a woman that I met, um, Allie, on the trail. I met her the first day. And it was kind of, it was cool. It was nice to have just a a friend on the trail and somebody to kind of camp with. Um, and that was like the kind of cool part about it too is. I was actually really excited when I found out there was another person. <laughs> yeah, because be then I wasn't going to go crazy. Alone. <laughs> so yeah, we were kind of, we are set out to do kind of the same time frame. Um, she was expecting maybe about three and a half weeks and I was trying to do three weeks but yeah for about the first week or week and a half we kind of had the same mileage each day and shared a campsite um probably for the first about 12 13 nights or so um so that was kind of that was cool and um most of the times it was just like her and I at the campsite um, and we didn't encounter too many other people, um, on the trail or at the site. And I think like with the weekend backpackers though, that's, that's the time that I saw the most people on the trail was the weekends. And it's understandable because most people have jobs during the week and can't get out. Um, right. And the Superior Trail is just not like a desired like through hiking place. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not well known yet. No, it's, it's becoming more popular yeah. for sure, yeah. though. Because, I mean, the Superior Hiking Trail is the first trail I ever backpacked, and I that was like, five years ago. And those trips I did weekends, and it was not nearly as busy as it is now on the weekends there. And I think so many people will go up to, like, the state parks that are up near the trail and be like, what's the Superior Trail? I'll go hike this for a mile. Yeah, the the Superior Hiking Trail goes through six state parks, actually. Um, and it's it's cool. I, I camped at one of them, um, the Judge C.R. Magny State Park. Um, that was the second night, and Allie was gracious enough to um offer me a spot at her site um she had a reservation there so uh, i was very grateful for that actually because that was that was actually the longest day i did um up to that point in my life I, the second day i did 18 miles i did some longer days later in the trip but to do 18 miles on your second day when the most you've ever done in your life before then is 13 miles, that's that's pretty... And with a backpack on, because I'm thinking I did 19 miles the day I went to meet you when you were finishing your Yeah, hike. and that's, uh, that's, that's pretty ambitious. But that was without a backpack. That was with a day pack. That you did, yeah. <laughs> but mine was my second Yours day with a backpack. Yeah, that's After so... doing... The first day, the first day Ooh. I did 13 miles, which yep. tied my longest ever. So, so how did you like, how do you even motivate yourself to keep doing that? Like when you were like hiking by yourself, where was that motivation even coming from? Like, I don't know if it was needed really. Like there wasn't really like, um, Man. it wasn't really something that I needed to motivate myself for. I think it was just something that I naturally like to do and that's something that like even when we're out hiking together it's something where I'm I just like to keep going and I'm always like out ahead of you definitely and me and Daisy are we're always taking our breaks and waiting for you to catch up and (laughs) it's true (laughs) not that that's bad I mean everyone has their own pace and everything but I mean those where, you know, if you go back to that one 4th of July weekend, the first time we went to the Porkies, remember that? Where you... Oh, I sat You just down. gave up. You are just like, I don't know if I can go any further. And you just sat up against a tree and just had this, like, look of defeat on you. And I was like, Sarah, let's go. Let's keep going. And 
Yeah. It's like once you get to the site, it's going to all be worth it. And I don't know. That's that's kind of maybe the motivation behind it too is I'm always thinking like, oh man, it's just going to be great when I get to the site, you know, set up my hammock, just hang out, just be in this awesome wilderness out here. And I don't know. It's just I don't think I ever really needed to motivate myself until I got to the very end of my through hike. I think I needed to motivate myself more then just because I, like I was talking about earlier, I think I didn't replenish my, my energy as much as I should have. So there were a couple days where I was just like, man, I just want to keep going. I know I got to keep going if I want to be done in three weeks. Yeah, okay, so speaking of energy, let's talk about, like, what exactly you ate each day. Because it was pretty much the same food each day. Let's break that down. Yeah, so for breakfast, I would eat two oatmeal packets, just two instant oatmeal packets. And I would add a handful of craisins to them. Um, so I had that for breakfast. It was a pretty light breakfast now that... I think about it. Um, but then I ha- packed a lunch that was a tortilla with peanut butter. Um, so I had a peanut butter wrap, um, a Babel um, cheese, a... I had some beef jerky, um... Originally, I had these, like, beef sticks that I had found in our pantry. But then about halfway through the hike, it kind of switched over to beef jerky. I had a protein bar. And I think that was about it for lunch. That's all I remember from the day that I practiced through hiking with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was lunch. And then I had a mountain house meal for dinner. Um, so thinking back on it, I mean, that was actually a lot less than I should have had. I probably should have had double that. Like, that was probably altogether about 2,000 calories. And that's why I threw in, like, hot chocolate packets and, like, pieces of chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, for me, though, like, during the hike, I never really got super hungry the only time I actually really got really hungry was about 10 o'clock in the morning. And that's probably because my breakfast was so light. So what I ended up doing was I would have my breakfast. Um, I typically leave camp about between 7.30 and 8.30, depending on how it went um, and how my sleep was. But I would then like have a protein bar at about 10 o'clock because that's when my hunger really came on was 10 o'clock and then after that protein bar it was like it was pretty good for the rest of the day I mean I didn't really get that hungry so I didn't really want to snack all that much I would also so I would stop for lunch about midday but then about mid-afternoon I would also stop and take my pack off um, and then just have a couple pieces of jerky or so. Yeah, like get some rest. I think a lot of like through hikers from just what I've read, I've never through hiked, but it just seems like a lot of through hikers get in this mindset that's like, I got to keep going. I got to keep hiking, get those miles on. And they kind of, that's just their mentality. So stopping to take your pack off and stopping to snack is like almost a waste of time. Is that how you felt about it? Yeah, I think that I did have some feelings like that, yes. Um, I knew it was necessary at times. Like, there were some times where my pack was weighing me down a bit, and I was just like, all right, I got to take this off. Um, So, like, some of my, like, shoulders, like, my traps and stuff were getting sore. So I was like, okay, well got to put the pack down, feel a little bit better, stretch out a little bit, and then get going. So I would stop and snack then. Um, 
but I, I did feel kind of like, you know what, like if I just get to camp, that's more time for my feet to rest. That's more time for me to just kind of take it easy and just chill out and stuff versus doing that on the trail while I'm hiking, you know? So I always had this, the goal was always get to camp, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, it's like a little weird, you know, but like that's, that's kind of like the motivation. (laughs) The day you called me, it was that the day before you were ending your hike and you didn't have a goal to get to because you were in the part of the trail where there really was no campsites. So you had no goal. Yeah. So yeah. that's half the reason you called me to come up that night cuz our car was going to be your goal. Yeah, and this was <laughs> this was like one of the last nights that I was on the trail and yeah, it was uh that was kind of disappointing because there was like no excitement at the end of the day. I was just trying to figure out like cuz it was since... like the section between like Duluth and the end of the trail. Yeah, in the southern part. Yeah, so like the southern terminus and like we talked about that Duluth. in in the podcast where we talked about Andy's through hike initially. If you listen to that one, he like explains how there's literally no campsites. Yeah, so the very southern end of the trail for f- about fifty miles, there's no camping on the trail. So you either have to find a paid campground that you can kind of get to from the trail or a hotel or something like that so like that was one of the things that I I I mean I didn't really want to pay for anything um I didn't want I, I just wanted to be out there and be on the trail um so some of the um I guess lack of excitement or motivation kind of came from well there's there's nothing out here like I just have to go back to being kind of a I don't know what you would call it maybe a I don't know I just didn't feel like I was backpacking type of thing I just felt like I was walking a trail and then you know going is it's like I was day hiking with a big backpack on you know (laughs) Because there was no goal, right? There yeah. was no, like, home to set up. Well, there was just, no like, <laughs> there was just, like, no, yeah, there's no, like, campsites. There's no, like, you know, like, when you're on the Appalachian Trail, you're going to the next, yeah, campsite or shelter, you know, that's on the trail. And this, it was just, it was weird. It was, it was a weird feeling because, I mean, for part of it, you're hiking through the city of Duluth. And so you... Yeah, I found it very, I don't know, very peculiar, peculiar, because you're backpacking, but it's in a city, and I'm carrying my (laughs) hammock and sleeping bag through the city, and I can't put it up anywhere, so... Yeah. It was it was a little bit of a struggle for me. And, and it's just not like, like there's like there's like hotels in Duluth, but there's not like hostels. There's not like a backpacker hostel in Duluth that not that I know of and you probably Yeah, I don't know of anything either. Yeah. But um Yeah. It was just like not what I was looking for. And I think that's why I wanted to save that part for the end anyways. Um but at that point I was just like, Yeah, I'm just done. I just wanna like I want to hike as much as I can, just go home if I'm going to sleep in a bed, you know, type of thing. So, um, that was, yeah, not exactly what I was looking for, but I knew, I mean, going into it, I knew it was part of the hike and I could have done the traditional version of the through hike on the superior hiking trail where you don't do that 50 miles from Duluth to the Southern terminus. And there's a lot of people that do that. I think that's probably more popular than doing the total through hike because I think a lot of people just want to be out there and do the wilderness section that has campsites. Yeah, that makes sense because like, yeah, had I not come up that night, 
in our car that still has our bed in it in the back of the Subaru from the summer. Like, had I not come up with the car, you would have ended up in just like in the woods probably or paying for a campsite at Spirit Mountain. Yeah, and while well, I had checked in Spirit Mountain, didn't have anything left to reserve. I think they have some walk-in sites, um, and I could have maybe done that. But yeah, I guess my my plan was just to kind of find a spot in the woods, which you're you're not supposed to do, and it's against you know like the trail regulations and stuff. Um, and I I don't recommend it, but that's why I was trying to look for some other campsite things that you would have to pay for. But, you know, if if you wouldn't have come up yet, I I probably would have broken some rules and just found a little quiet spot in the woods, off the trail somewhere, and hung my hammock up. So, that's, yeah. Anyways, we, you came up. We slept in the car that night, and it was a very cold night, actually. So I'm actually kind of glad that you did come up. <laughs> it would have been cold in the hammock. I mean, it was down into the 40s. I think it was 41 degrees when we woke up. Yeah, I slept with my hat on and my gloves. And we had frost on our windows in the morning. Yeah. So, yeah, it was It was interesting. It was a different experience going through that last 50 miles than So do you recommend that last 50 miles for people, or would you say just skip that? I would say do what you are comfortable with. And for me, I mean, I'm glad I did it. I don't think I would have liked not doing it. I mean, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do the whole thing. And that's that was my attitude. Even though it, it was something different and something that I, I guess, didn't necessarily um, prefer going through the city, I think that um, I really... Um, I really couldn't have done it any other way. I feel like I would have been missing something still if I didn't do it. So, if you're going to do a through hike, I would say go for it all. You know, just do the whole thing. But, you know, maybe you're the type of person that wants to experience a through hike for the whole I guess wilderness type aspect of it then maybe that's what you want and just do the traditional and don't do the total through hike right but like it sounds like you wanted to do it all because the whole that's part of the superior hiking trail so you did the whole trail yeah so for me yeah I mean I feel like if I didn't do that last 50 miles and just didn't do the total through hike and just did the traditional through hike, I feel like for me, at least, I would still feel like I did not do the through hike if I left that 50 miles off. Well, I probably would have done, I don't know. I, I would have given up after 20 miles, but... <laughs> That's me who doesn't want to through hike at all. <laughs> but yeah, it's no, it's it's something that is it's. I mean, it's challenging. I like I said at the very beginning of this. I mean, it was. I had. I mean, I had an idea of what it was going to be in my mind, and I knew that I could physically do it, and that my goal of three weeks and fifteen miles a day was not that um it wasn't that absurd of an idea based on like what I've done in the past I mean it was more but goal your goal I, was 15 I think it was I think it was a lot um it was a lot more difficult than I expected is what I should say yeah yeah and you 
did more than 15 a day a handful of times. Yeah, and that's <laughs> partly due to me not doing the 15 a day at the beginning, too. So, like, I knew I knew the trail at towards the end was going to get flatter um, and not be as tough. So I knew I could make up some mileage. But, yeah, there was some days where I made up a lot of mileage. I mean, my my longest day was 28 miles, um, which was crazy, but it was it was fun. 28 miles. <laughs> and that is why I was a little worried about the mental well-being of Andy, <laughs> because hiking 28 miles in the woods a day is quite a lot. And I know through hikers do it, but it's really intense. I think... I mean, it seems like the average amount of miles a lot of through hikers do, especially on like the AT, is like ten to fifteen miles a day. So that twenty-eight miles a day is a lot. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> a lot, and I mean, I just wish that. So I camped at a campsite, and I wish the next site was only like two miles more, so I could hit that thirty-mile mark in the day. You know. <laughs> but the next campsite was it was like seven miles away and I was like there's no way I'm doing another seven miles I mean it was like it was close to getting dark and everything and I was like uh, well I was exhausted anyways so but if there was another site I would have just been like you know what I gotta make the 30 miles I gotta. and this is where I remind listeners that at Hiking Through Life, we definitely support you in how many... Like, you can do one mile, and that's amazing. Andy just likes to push himself and go a lot yeah. of miles. But just know that even if you go, like, one to two miles, that's amazing. Just being outside and breathing in nature is what Hiking Through Life is definitely about. And all about just the life balance. But you should always... Go for your goals, and that's exactly what Andy did with his through hike. Yeah, and I, <laughs> your goals change as the hike goes on, and that, I found that out too. So, yeah, I mean, even though my ultimate goal was to do this through hike, finish it in three weeks, and I accomplished all of that, um, there are little goals that you do from day to day that that definitely change, and. That was a big lesson I learned, too, is that you have to definitely be flexible on your hike. Um, I went into it, like, one of my goals was to not have any zero days. Um, zero days, like, when you rest and you put zero miles into the trail. I had that goal um, of not doing any of those and just hiking every day. Mm-hmm. But... With my foot condition, and that was the day that you came up, um, I ended up taking a zero that day. Um, and I like to think that it wasn't a zero, because technically I hiked from the trailhead <laughs> to my campsite, which was half a mile. So so you still hike, <laughs> but it doesn't count as the through hike. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I camped from... The site that I stayed at that night down to the chalet too at the ski resort at the trailhead, which was about a mile. So, you so, know, technically, technically it wasn't a zero, but like, so I mean. So being flexible. Yeah. What other lessons did you learn? <laughs> so being flexible, I mean, that's like super important. I mean, I think you're going to come across things that you just really didn't anticipate in the hike. But um the other lessons I learned too um one of the big ones is just like take care of yourself physically. Um and I think I mean even mentally and stuff like that too, but the physical things affect the mental things, the mental things affect the physical things. It's a big circle. So the one thing I neglected was the physical side, I think, of things. And so I let my feet get worse than they should have gotten. And that affected my mental well-being for a little bit of a time. 
Um, so if I would have taken some more preventative measures or addressed some of the issues sooner, I don't think it would have gotten as worse as it did. Um, so definitely do that. Like, and I've even going into the hike, I knew that. Like, I had heard it from podcasts that featured through hikers. I right. read it on different websites that um, had articles on through hikers. Though you know, you when you experience it, that's when it becomes real. Yeah, and so just taking the time to take care of yourself. So that's that's another lesson though is just patience. And that's something that I developed more of throughout the hike is patience. Patience with getting from point A to point B. Like you don't always have to go at an extreme pace or you don't always have to you know get to the campsite right away you know stop take your pack off have a snack let your feet rest air your feet out like take your boots or shoes off and take your socks off while you're taking a break yeah dry them out in the sun (laughs) and yeah and just having them breathe yeah um but then also patience of like, hey, you know what? I don't have to complete this many miles in a day. I don't have to complete this hike in three weeks, let's say, in my case. I could have drawn it out to four weeks if I wanted to. Um, yeah, just kind of knowing that it is, you can adjust it, and that goes kind of back to your flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And just... Yeah, having patience with, like, yourself while you're on the trail. Because there were times where I had tried to maybe push the pace a little bit more than I should have. I mean, there were times where I slipped on some boardwalks because, you know, I was was trying to go a little too fast in... Um, some adverse conditions where my boots were muddy and then they slipped on the wood when I stepped on it and um, I went down got dirty you know Um, so that or maybe I shouldn't have you know done this um, or that um, on the trail but one of the things that, that I kept saying on the trail too when I got into that I guess um, I should have done this or I should have done that and dwelled too much on the the past of what I could have done better. A lot of times I just told myself it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of just accept accept the moment. You yeah. can't change what was, what, what it was, what it could have been. Yeah, so that's that's a lot of times I would catch myself like at hmm. the campsite with Allie discussing, well, I should have done this. Maybe I should have gotten my shoes earlier and not let my boots eat my feet up, you know, type of thing. Or, But I always came back around to say, you know, it is what it is. So I think that's kind of the bigger lesson I took away was... It is what it is. You can't change the past. How do we move forward? How do I make the best of the situation? Type of thing. Very applicable applicable to all aspects of life. Yeah, a lot of people can take that lesson away. Something that I think... Well, I've, I mean, I definitely being very analytical and um, inside my own head a lot will get into kind of sometimes that spin of, okay, well, reflecting on things, what should I have done in this situation or that and that. And sometimes that can hold you back from certain things. And on this hike, I believe that 
I kind of learned more of like, you know, don't let that get you down. Don't let that hold you back. You still have a destination to get to. So I think there's something that it, that everyone everyone can take something from that and say, you know what? It is what it is. How do I move forward? Yeah, that's, I think a lot of people can reflect on that and take that in life and kind of hike on it. It's a really good lesson. So, um, yeah, kind of with that, is there any last um insights or advice for future hikers that you might have or next trail you're dreaming of going on um I know you there's one. <laughs> which one the colorado something or other oh the colorado trail yeah yeah um yeah no the there's definitely more aspirations of through hikes from me on trails. I know you don't really want to do the through hikes, but <laughs> no, I, as much as there was a kind of a uh, roller coaster of emotions on the through hike, um, difficulties and joys, um, I definitely want to do something like that again. Um, I don't know if I'm exactly ready to make the commitment of a Appalachian Trail through hike or a Pacific Crest Trail through hike. I think I do definitely want to do that at some point, but I think I would really, really enjoy a shorter one again, such as like um, the Colorado Trail, like you said. I think the Colorado Trail is forget exactly how many miles it is but it's under i want to say it's under 500 um but actually somebody suggested that to me on the trail and i was like you know what i'd never heard of that trail before but it sounds awesome i mean we've been to colorado a couple times Mm -hmm. and the hiking out there is amazing um another trail that i wouldn't mind doing is the long trail which we visited this summer and did a couple days on. But that one's only about, I think it's 274 miles. Um, Again, it would only take about three weeks, I think. Um, So that one would be cool out in Vermont. Um, But yeah, someday I want to do one of the big ones. Um, But as far as... I guess, advice for other hikers, Um, some parting words, Um, I would say, yeah, take care of yourself, listen to your body, that's one thing that you've always told me, but I didn't really realize what that meant until I was out there. and just how how much one thing can affect all the other things. Yeah, everything is connected within you. Yeah. So, like, I guess the biggest thing I had was the issue with my feet. And so once that started up... Um, it really just started affecting everything. Like, it affected my mood. It affected my outlook on the hike. It affected my just desire to keep going at one point. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, once I started changing my pace to, to accommodate my feet and make it less painful. I mean, I started having like other issues because I was compensating for it. So it's like, okay, well now my hip or my knee started hurting and it's, yeah. One of those things that one thing can add up and 
don't let it add up though yeah and that kind of goes back to like the whole yeah it is mental health awareness day basically and it's just like just know that if your body isn't in check physically it definitely could affect your mental well-being like it kind of did to andy on the trail in a very like small matter nothing extreme but it's just I know there are people out there who have like extreme cases of that so just keep yourself in check and make sure you are taking care of yourself whether you're on the trail off the trail wherever you are in your walk of life so with all the physical activity day in and day out of hiking I just noticed a change in my mental state too it was one of those things where like every day i felt happy i felt like nothing really bothered me that much i mean aside from the fact of my my feet issues like early on and like the dreariness of the weather but the more i hiked Um, So as the hike went on, I would just notice that, yeah, there's this, this connection that you're talking about and that we've seen in all these different studies and the sciences behind it too, that the more physical activity you have in your life, the more your mental well-being is also positively affected. Absolutely. And like, I, yeah, I love that you saw that through your through hike. And I mean, even you don't need a through hike to do things like this. I don't want people to get that message at all because I'm not a through hiker, but I am very physically active on a day to day basis. And I'm a super happy person. And I think a lot of people that surround me that I surround myself with, like they know that I'm a super happy person because, and a lot of that is because of my physical, mental, physical well-being that affects my mental well-being. And like Andy saw that totally on the trail as he just shared. Yeah, I think just me being out on the trail and isolating myself in a certain situation, not being distracted by a lot of other things, allowed myself to like really recognize that firsthand. In my experience. That's a really good point too. When you take away all the distractions of daily life, that's when you can really reflect upon kind of what matters the most. And that truly is yourself. Um, As selfish as it sounds, I think you are the one who needs to be in check with yourself before you can be in check with the rest of the world. Well, and that's exactly what I love about backpacking or getting outdoors in general is the disconnect from a lot of other things and just being able to reset yourself and just really like you said get in tune with what is very meaningful and really get in tune with yourself and once you are in tune with yourself, you are going to have that positive impact on those around you. And you will allow yourself then that capability to help those around you. Because if you're not in a stable state, you won't be able to help those around you and have that positive impact yeah that is totally true and we've definitely like seen that and experienced that and we'll kind of leave you to think on that thought because it's a really powerful thought knowing that you are the most important person to take care of just kind of take care of yourself before you take care of anyone else and with that we let you kind of adventure on and that's all thanks for listening
You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.